Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Jamie Kraus, who is a senior manager at Indeed, where she oversees all learning and development initiatives for Indeed sales and client success enablement professionals. Jamie received her PhD from the University of Texas, where she focused on human development, culture, and the learning sciences. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jamie. Thank you for having me, Matthew. I'm going to kick us off with a question about something that I read when I was looking at your bio. When I looked at it, I noticed that you had spent a good deal of time in higher education, spent some time as an instructor before joining the corporate world, focused on learning and development, what you're doing now. How did that time in academia prepare you for the career you have now? Yeah, thanks for asking. So my time in academia, I did a a few different tours, some different course material. Some of it was focused on strategic learning behaviors. Some of it was focused on career development, some other on, on program evaluation. And I would say all of those areas are, are things that I use in my day to day, even today, as we support our sales and CS enablement professionals. And so I really found myself helping to look after the careers of these students. And so we talk a lot about, all right, let's learn this information, but then what happens next? And and how are you going to take these skills, take these strategic learning behaviors and apply them as you grow up and you determine what you want to be when you grow up? And so we did a lot of that. I've definitely had the pleasure of talking to some really interesting people who sit in learning and development roles. I have to say, though, I've never talked to somebody who works for a company whose main mission is getting people jobs and finding people for very tough to fill roles at organizations all around the world. How do you think about your core mission when your role is trying to prepare people for the roles that they have at Indeed or that they hope to grow into at Indeed? Sure. Um, One of Indeed's main focus areas in 2022 is removing bias from the hiring process and really removing barriers for job seekers. And that is absolutely what I aim to do with our sales and CS enablement professionals in my role today. I think a lot about um, how to remove any bias and barriers they may have as they as they pursue their roles. And so it may not be that they're applying for roles, but they are applying themselves in their roles. And so I think about growth mindset. I think about fear of failure. I think about vulnerability and and goal orientation. And so um, I'm very much focused on helping people remove obstacles so that they can capitalize on their own potential. What, when you're thinking about prioritizing the hard skills and the soft skills, we have limited time. You obviously have limited time with very busy professionals to try to get them prepared for the roles they have and the roles they hope to have in the future. How do you think about balancing the hard skills versus the soft skills? What I've been reading lately is the soft skills are the hard skills. And and we might think about soft skills as commercial skills. So I think about about them in equal measure. Obviously, as you prepare for to do your role effectively, you need to know the systems and the tools and the platforms, but equally you need to know how to prioritize and manage your day-to-day and develop rapport and relationships. And if you have 
if you focus disproportionately on either side, you're not going to have a fully balanced professional. And, and I think to be effective, you have to, you have to focus on both in equal measure. How have things changed for your organization when the whole world moved to more of a remote focus now to more of a hybrid focus? How has that changed your role, the way that you work and the way you think about training? That's a great question. Well, we have not embarked yet on this hybrid space. We're still in the remote space. We are um, meant to go back to office sometime this summer. So it's funny, we, we've just been talking about on the leadership team, preparing for this hybrid space and how do we ensure equity and learning and equal access to learning and, and making sure that everyone's engaged and involved. And so I'm excited to, to learn about that and, and add that to my toolkit and my understanding of the modern learner. One of the questions that we get a lot from listeners when we're talking to somebody who focuses on learning and development, they always ask, is there a common belief around leadership development that you disagree with or that during your time you've seen maybe the opposite or something that you would caution people against? Absolutely. I will say I've never seen anyone thrive in a tough love kind of environment. To me, tough love is in a way fraught with game playing, right? So I think about um, if, if I'm a manager applying tough love, am I withholding praise? Um, am I using a more abrasive tone and the spirit of motivation? I, I've never seen anyone that I've managed in all my years as a manager surface their best work inside of tough love. And, and that's really because, you know, in, in order for development to happen, we have to feel comfortable taking risks. I think develop ha- development happens in that space where we're feeling uncomfortable and we're not going to feel safe to feel uncomfortable if we don't have a really supportive environment. So I just don't think tough love is going to get us to be the best professionals we can be. Your organization sits at a really interesting spot as the world changes and people talk about the great resignation and, and different people moving around. What have you seen from your perch that maybe surprised you about how things transpired over the last, call it two years? What do you think comes next? What are you preparing for with what comes next? I really like, I've heard at Indeed, it called the great realization. And I think it, it, it gave us all a time to reflect on what matters to us. Um, and so, and what our values are and how do we align our professions with our passions and, and the things that, that mean the most. So I've been delighted to hear people really reflecting on who am I authentically? How do I incorporate that in the world of work? Does my organization support that? Do I feel like I can show up as my authentic self? I've seen, I think we've seen a lot of folks reevaluating whether or not they feel they feel motivated and inspired and supported by their current organizations. How has learning and development changed for you at Indeed? What have you done differently over the last couple of years that you're exceptionally proud of? I've seen us do an incredible job at Indeed by really prioritizing well-being. We've taken a lot of effort to really check in with each other and look after each other. And I think I think that's always been the case. I've always I've always really appreciated indeed for just the connections that are that are prioritized. But especially over these past two years, we've seen it from the top down, the senior leadership team talking about how they're doing and in talking about the resources that they're taking advantage of. And I think it's all made us feel like we have the space to do the same and to prioritize our well-being and look after ourselves, too. 
I think that's a wonderful jumping off point to talk a little bit of, more about you and, and how you organize your day, what makes work enjoyable for you, how you've potentially changed the way that you work with the pandemic and everything else that is going along. Is there something that you've changed dramatically about how you organize your day or how you work that's made you more efficient, more effective, anything that you can share with our audience that might help them? Sure. I've noticed that I really like to work collaboratively. I do well when I can just kind of roll my seat over and talk to someone next to me and say, hey, this is an idea I've had. What do you think? I'd love your feedback. And so I've made sure that I, throughout my day, have opportunities to check in with my colleagues and and bounce ideas off of them and just make sure that I feel like I'm staying really plugged in and and tuned in to, to what's going on. I also, though, have made sure to prioritize my own wellness practice with ending each day with yoga. So I've taken advantage of a program called Yoga with Adrian. It's free, it's on YouTube, and it's it's really given me a lot of, I would say it's, it's really grounded my days nicely and given me a lot of peace to end days with a, with a yoga practice. As I was getting ready for this conversation, I was looking at your LinkedIn and kind of the career arc that you've had. And and I thought it was a fascinating journey that you've been on. When you look back at the leader you are today or the professional that you are today, is there a defining moment that you see as a sea change moment in in almost defining the person that you are today? Sure. I um, was thinking about this and in my previous company, I was in the middle of delivering a performance review and the person I was delivering it to tears were streaming down their face. And I said, Hey, are you okay? And they said, yeah, like these are actually happy tears. I just, I feel so seen in this moment. And they were really delighted about that. And it really, I I really reflected a lot on that moment because I've always taken a lot of time to invest in getting to know the people that I manage. I think I have found that really helpful. If I can understand where someone's motivations are, what their fears are, what their aspirations are, I'm much better equipped to coach and support them. So I was doing that for myself, but I didn't really reflect on how meaningful it was to the folks that I manage, and in this case, this individual. And so it really just helped validate for me and and reaffirm the importance of investing in your people. And so from that moment, I just continued, vowed to, and continued to, to take that approach. And so anyone that I manage, I take a lot of time getting to know them. And, and now I know it, it's not only makes me an effective leader, but I know it also, I would hope means a lot to them too. What would you tell somebody who was early in their career that wanted to get into the learning and development industry or wanted to have a type of role that you now have? What sort of advice would you give to call it your younger self? Well, I think it comes back to what makes you happy at work. And for me, what makes me happy is seeing other people succeed. And so if you're someone who is really motivated by being shouted out at the rooftop for like exceeding your goals all the time and getting a ton of accolades and having your name on a marquee, um, I don't know that L&D is totally the space for you. However, if you're really driven by helping other people achieve those things and you take a, a lot of personal meaning from those interactions, and I would say you might be a great candidate to be an L&D professional. I think one thing that is surprising about L&D, though, is when people think about L&D, they might think about, oh, like, I love public speaking or I love facilitating. And it's true that that's, that's certainly a component of it, but L&D 
is it's much more scientific, I think, than some people realize. So there's there's instructional design and there's evaluation and there's a lot of making sure that there's an ROI on the training and there's investigation and, and kind of taking apart someone's um, training needs or requests and understanding like what's the root cause here. So I would just say certainly having an aptitude for helping other people is important, really enjoying conveying information to people is important, but there's, there's this whole kind of scientific element too, that I would encourage people to look into. When you're talking to other leaders at Indeed and they're asking you to put certain things into the curriculum or develop certain trainings, what are the skills that they want the future leaders at Indeed to have that you hear time and time again? Right now, there's an emphasis. I'm hearing a lot around a cognitive diversity, a lot around vulnerability, a lot around understanding yourself as a leader and, and making sure that you can really account for capitalizing on your strengths, but also your opportunity areas. I'm hearing a lot about just the importance, frankly, of leading with vulnerability um, and making sure that as leaders, we are not shy about focusing on where we've, we have challenges, where we've had failures, where we've had learning opportunities. I think that has helped to make leadership more accessible to, to folks who are aspiring leaders. As a final question before we switch to the rapid fire questions, what are you the most curious about right now? It can have something to do with your job. It can have nothing to do with your job. What are you the most curious about? That's a really good question. What am I the most curious about? I'm really curious about there. So there's a framework called um, the six types of working genius. Pat Lencioni, uh, it's, it's coming out of his work. And so what he's done is he's outlined like a project soup to nuts, right? So there's, there's six different elements of this project and you can have their skills associated with each, right? And so you can lead with two genius types you have two kind of competency types, and then you have two types that frustrate that are frustrating to you. And so when you find yourself at work and you're feeling demoted or you're feeling frustrated, it might be that you're having to lean into something that doesn't feel really good. However, when you're feeling really inspired and you're feeling like in, a, in sort of a flow state, you might be capitalizing on those areas. And so I have been thinking a lot about how do we help people understand what their working genius style is? And then how do we leverage a team so that we're maximizing the things that we're good at and we're calling upon each other effectively as we execute on tasks? Well, maximizing the things that we're good at is a wonderful spot to shift to the final two rapid fire questions that I get to ask all of our guests. And question number one is this, if you could describe your leadership style in just one word, what would that word be? So I cheated a little bit and I asked my team that question. And what's interesting is they each came with a different word, which leads me back to an answer that I shared earlier, which is I've taken a lot of time to get to know what matters to the people on my team. And so I think I appear differently depending upon what, what they value. So one person said adaptable, one person said loyal, one person said transformative. And so... Maybe I'll just come back and say supportive. 
I think, um, I, like I said, I, I really do value getting to know my people and getting to know what, what matters to them. And so I think it's really interesting that I show up or I appear to show up so differently for each one of them. Well, I will say we have definitely had people prepare for that question before. I think in 80 or so plus episodes, I think you were the first person to ask their team what they would say. So I give you a lot of kudos for that. So I'll close with the final rapid fire question, which is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? The best piece of advice that I've ever received, I think it is lean into what makes you uncomfortable if you are really interested in growing. I think as we as we go about our day to days, it's easy to spend time in the things that feel that we're good at already and that feel really good to us. But if we are interested in in wanting to hit that next step in our careers, we're going to have to do something different. And so I would say invite that discomfort because those are the moments where we grow. Inviting the discomfort is a wonderful spot to close us out. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Sure. Feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. I'd love to have some chats and, and I'd love to hear about your backgrounds and, and talk about your how you're finding this this new um, world of work and, and your thoughts on leadership. Awesome. Well, thank you for all of the great insight. And I'll thank all of our wonderful listeners as always for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer. You can find our show on Instagram at Ability Sims, and you can find our organization at ability.com. I want to thank Jamie again for joining us on this episode. And of course, I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast. This podcast is produced by Ability, a leading provider of award-winning leadership development. You can find us at www.ability.com or by searching for Ability Leadership Development. Make sure to also check out our 12-week fully virtual mini MBA, The Invited MBA, a nights and weekends program that features experiential learning, mentorship, case studies, and networking. Find more information at www.invitedmba.com. Finally, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you get our next episode. We wanna thank you all for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.